0: You're listening to The Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church.
1: It's been hardest to be present when I'm consumed with what's next. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's next is not always a bad thing, but God hasn't called me to what's next. He's called me to here now. And when I'm faithful now, when I'm present now, just like with David in a field full of sheep, when I'm faithful here, the stuff coming later is, is already there.
2: Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, I'm Taylor. We are in week two of our series, Songs of Jesus, going through the Book of Psalms this summer. I'm joined by two special friends. First, we have lead pastor Jose Abreu with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Good morning, Taylor. And we have student pastor Tyler Keese in the house. Tyler, welcome back. Thanks. Good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. Okay, Jose, I want to give you the first word as we continue this week looking in Psalms 40, talking about waiting. Love to hear your thoughts on why you picked this psalm first and then kind of the behind the scenes as you prepared for the message. Yes,
0: that's a good question because there's 150 psalms, so we can pick a lot of different psalms. Two reasons why I picked the psalm. What first uh, directed me to it was it was our kids' camp verse that we uh, got from this chapter. So I read the chapter and then I saw the dichotomy, how David starts the Psalm, kind of similar to uh, Psalm 139 that we talked about last week. Uh, But then he finishes the Psalm with a different tone. Uh, The thing that really stood out to me again was the beginning. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. So David was patient and then God answered, he turned. And then the Psalm ends by saying, do not delay. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God, do not delay. So, so he ends the Psalm by waiting. And again, these Psalms are teaching us how to be real before the Lord. And so David here is being real. He waited, God answered, and then he finds himself waiting again. And waiting is such a human, part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spent a lot of time waiting. So I thought it'd be a good good one to dive into.
2: Yeah. And you had kind of continuing with these three questions based on adore, admit, and aspire. So asking with each Psalm, what does this Psalm teach me about God? What does this Psalm teach me about myself? And how does this Psalm compel me to respond? So we're going to do that as we look at the uh, the chapter, the the verse, uh, Psalms 40 this week. Uh, the first one here is adore. In many ways, as I was listening to the message, it's almost broke down into three categories, like the pre- the past, the present, and the future, as far as looking at how we respond uh, and how we wait. And so this first one here is adore, as far as God delivers, and I thought one um, kind of quote or point that I thought was really neat was uh, Jose, you mentioning we don't need to wait on anything to happen or to give God praise for what He's already done, and just looking about yeah. how God was faithful. We saw that in this Psalm, as far as David looking back at just praising God for for how. Uh, he's come through and delivered him, even amidst time of stress and waiting and, and a lot of turmoil that he was in. So question for both of y'all when it comes to waiting and when it comes to remembering, what does that practically look like for y'all as far as do you go back to just personal testimonies? How have you seen God use your past and ways to help you just when even reminding yourself uh,
0: of God's faithfulness? <laughs> yeah, I forget what God does and how he comes through. So, I tend to only look forward to what is to come. What I'm waiting for God to do, um, and, and it's a very narrow mindset when 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 I choose to live that way. Because not only am I disregarding all the things that He has done, um, but I'm also limiting God to moving in one way. And uh, so, for me, that this one was a this one was a big one. And I love how David does go into. Um, this couple couple verses, the the verse from the from the camp, from kids camp, was let me pull it up here. Many Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. So God's done so many amazing, wonderful things in in my life, and so remembering those, we just caught up with some friends. Um, this weekend that we're just visiting. And they reminded me of of some things that we both did with our church in Washington, DC. That's where we we met. that was a long time ago. That was eight years ago. And so it, it just brought to mind wow, God, you really did that for us. You know, you came through specifically with our housing situation. So we found an apartment uh, from somebody in the church that provided a place for us right when Ayla was being born. So, you know, just remembering those things and, and giving God glory for what he has done in the past, it really helps you um, wait, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I,
1: I agree with you. It's I forget a lot at what God has done, you know, and so um, intentionally trying to set up uh, times in my life where there is that space for reflection. And a lot of times that can take place through like uh, pictures or Facebook memories yeah. pop up or, you know, like there, there's some things that social media like our world throws at us that are actually beneficial spiritually because i'll look back and see pictures of when i first got my start doing student ministry you know and um you know i think of about my testimony my story but uh ultimately i mean what came to mind when i asked the question of okay like how has god come through my life i was looking back at where i got my start uh i was crazy college student i mean i was 20 years old, church hired me part-time to be student pastor, crazy times. But then, you know, fast forward two and a half years, I've proposed to my now wife and trying to get married and felt called to full-time ministry. And like I was stressing on trying to find job opportunities and stuff like that. And looking back, I mean, there was literally one church that responded to an email or my resume or uh, much less gave me an interview and landed at that one spot. And so just God's provision there, uh, man, thinking back just on countless stories where it didn't make sense and it was stressful and it was tough, but like, I mean, God absolutely came through, so. Yeah,
2: Yeah. that's so good. Both of y'all mentioned just the idea of, even sharing your story with others or just the influence that others have, what would be kind of um, the biggest takeaway or help in y'all's end as far as from a community aspect? Because God doesn't, you know, we can we can celebrate and praise God just on our own in the same way that David may have been writing this. But a lot of the context that I know in my life has been just sharing that with others or hearing others as far as God's uh, faithfulness. So we've talked about sharing your story, talked about our testimonies before, but just in this context of waiting, how have y'all seen that? Part of it be helpful as far as from a community aspect. Yeah,
0: I think reminiscing on it, right? So, mm-hmm. t- t- talking with friends and um, maybe it's remembering something, or you're reminiscing on, on on some way that God came through for you, and you just share with that. Friend, in that context, it may be connected to something they're going through, um, or, or not. But bottom line is, is you're, you're calling out what God has already done, and that that helps us as we uh, wait for Him to come through, or wait for Him to answer, or wait for Him to say no, or close the door uh, in another in another season. I think it, you know, we didn't talk much about anxiety or worry. We talked, you know, future. That's the third, the the aspire. But I really think when we do recall ways that God's come through for us, it, it really does lower that that anxiety mm-hmm. way down. Because you remember, God is faithful; He will deliver. It may not look like the way I want it to look like, um, but I can trust that He will be. He will be faithful.
1: Right, and also, I mean to. For me like very simply is when when you share the stories of what God has done, it's a blessing to the community around you yeah. receiving it that may need that like an example of hope where hey God has genuinely come through. but then it's also for me it's a it's a beautiful intentional way to continue remembering. Because as you share, you remember what God has done. And sometimes me sharing an experience or a story will trigger three or four
0: others. And so
1: my spirit and my heart is filled with joy that we're able to to
0: give other people and yeah, to that, share that hope. It's I think where, where story topping is appropriate, <laughs> you know, where you start just showing off on what God's doing. Oh yeah. And you're like, well, God came through with you know in my life this way. What, what you're what you're doing is again, you're not saying I did these things. You're saying right. God did these things, mm-hmm. and so that that lifts our individual and then our collective faith mm-hmm. as as his people. I think yeah.
2: one thing too, uh, just as far as in my life, seeing the Word play a part in that, as far as going back and seeing, okay, the same God that was in right. the Old Testament in many ways. Yeah. Jose, how you brought up just multiple instances I thought was so cool, because some of those I forgot about. It's like, oh yeah, the Israelites, (laughs) they weren't good at waiting and like thinking about that, but the same God that was gracious and yet faithful with them then is the same God that that we have now. And so even just whether it's Hebrews 11, like you mentioned on Sunday, or just running through this list of, of, I think it's been helpful too for me to look back and and remind myself, not only the Old Testament, but in the New Testament too, and just seeing the way that that he's responded here. So let's jump over into the second kind of part here as we talk about, um, you know, kind of the adore. And then now we're looking at the admit, admit, admit waiting. <laughs> you admit waiting is taxing. And then the question here is how is God asking me to obey him right now? And so one of the questions here, you, you talked about complaining. I thought that was kind of the wingman of mm-hmm. uh, just how it's, it's contagious and complaining is so, so easy. Why do y'all think it's so easy? And then again, just getting practical here, what does it look like? How do y'all both keep that in check? Is as far as because there's always, in my opinion, always things to complain about, always uh, something to to uh, wish was you know different, faster, all that kind of stuff. So so what have been maybe some practical ways that y'all kind of keep that in check, or even just notice when you're beginning to complain and, and
0: a lot more than you should. Such a spiritual discipline. Not complaining, and I think that's, that's where silence comes in. Learning, mm-hmm. learning to keep, keep my mouth shut, not say something. It's what our parents told us, right? If you're not going to say anything positive, don't say anything at all. And I think it, it, it is true here. Um, instead of complain, we really can withhold that word and then ask God, what, 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 what can I do right now? i'm I'm waiting for for you know maybe a job to come through or I'm waiting for um, my next phase in in a relationship or I'm waiting for restoration whatever that may look like uh, God is still asking us to be obedient to him and if we busy ourselves focusing on the Lord, then that helps us from comparing ourselves to others and mm-hmm. or or feeling like the victim and and then and then complaining. it's such a natural and easy thing to do and especially it's like a we're singing with a chorus of complainers in this world, right? Yeah. So it's like one voice starts, and then before you know it, there's terrible harmony. It's not even harmonious. Uh, it's just, anyway.
1: Yeah, so... I'm complaining uh, about the complainers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, I mean, for me... I, I, God kind of gave me a, a built-in accountability, accountability system uh, with complaining that I did not ask for uh, when he blessed me with two boys. Yeah. Um, because like for me, one, I, I don't do well with complainers. Um, however, I can be the first to complain, you know, in certain circumstances and seasons. And so like what I've seen in my own home, what kind of helps me be held accountable is when I get sucked into the complaining and the moping around and doing all the stuff, like it trickles down and then my boys do that. Mm-hmm. And I'll get frustrated and irritable with them, and, you know, I can be very short and aggressive in parenting styles at times, but uh, for me, that's what has, what God has used in the presence to help me focus on my own complaining, yeah. I guess, if, if that makes sense, because when I'm intentional about keeping that in check and at bay in a healthy way, uh, it, it tends to trickle throughout the rest of my family, mm-hmm. but when I complain and when I'm sulking and when I'm just kind of, you know, uh, a bum about something, so to speak. I see it in my kids and I don't, like full confession, like I just don't handle it well. So it helps me be in check when I see that in my kids, it's normally mirrored here first.
0: Yeah, they're great imitators, aren't they? (laughs) They get it from somewhere. The best. (laughs) And it also is very, like you said, a, a great accountability piece and humility. Yeah. Shows us that we we need we need Jesus. We we need to be more like Him. There's always room to grow and uh, to you know moving on, but to surrender our worry and and instead mm-hmm. be active in, in our in our faith and belief that God will um, come through when things aren't okay, or when things aren't what we want them to be.
2: Yeah, staying present and staying obedient in the present is super hard. You mentioned uh, complaining being one of those kind of distractions, if you will, that kind of pull us away from uh, living obediently. Comparison was another one that you mentioned. What are some other distractions that y'all have experienced as far as just how God tries to, or how the enemy tries to sow just seeds of discontentment or in in the midst of a, a season of
0: waiting? Yeah, there's so much that we can focus on. That we really have little control over. Mm-hmm. So if we find ourselves be complaining about something that we have no control over, nothing in our job, you know, maybe something in our job, but it's it's not under us; it's above us. You know, if we're complaining about leadership, for example, well, go talk to that leader. <laughs> don't don't complain about them to your colleagues. Definitely don't complain about them to people you know under you. But just go go to the leader, uh, and then that's what you can control. You know, news we read a news. Article and man, it's terrible the things that are going on. But if we can't control uh, or be a part of the solution, then I think we we really can let that go and uh, especially turn that focus to the things that we can control. So what you were just talking about, Tyler, it's the most challenging thing as parents, you know, focus on being present there, right there with your kids, because you can be so busy worrying about all these other things um, and complaining where. You're modeling that to your kids, and they're missing out on quality time with dad or or mom.
1: Right, hundred percent. And for me, I mean personally, I I can get sucked into where the distraction isn't so much the here and now, but it's the aspirations ahead of time, and it's the the goals and the the vision. You know, whether that be you know looking forward to flag football with Noah in Mm -hmm. three years. You know, or um, what I have found is that when I become fully consumed with aspirations and goals and and what's next as I lose being present of the here and now. And so for me, you know, a little over two years ago, waiting through the whole process, going through the third person search party and landing here, I mean, that was a very lengthy experience as far as being like where God finally led us here to Cypress Creek Church. Mm-hmm. And in that it felt like a three month window. It might've been shorter than that. I can't really remember when it started and when when it all came to fruition. But in that moment of looking at God calling and leading us here, which was crystal clear, it was very, very, very hard to be disciplined and present and yeah. like leading and shepherding where I was at the same time, yeah. like loving those students well, still being submissive to that leadership with all that was there and what, what God was doing. Um, for me, it's been hardest to be present when I'm consumed with what's next, mm-hmm. um, and what's next is not always a bad thing, but God hasn't called me to what's next. Yeah. He's called me to here now, and when I'm faithful now, when I'm present now, just like with David in a field full of sheep, when I'm faithful here, the stuff coming later is is already there, you know. But I'm a I'm a very like goal driven guy, both personally, family, miss like ministry, and and that can take away of missing what's in front of me. Here Mm
2: -hmm. And surrendering the future. That's a perfect segue to the the third point here as far as aspire and trusting God with our future. The question here is, what is one thing I can surrender to God? So I think just to your point, that's such a a key thing. How would y'all encourage someone that, because really this comes down to trust. And so how do you encourage someone that maybe just, it doesn't feel like god's a good god if they're not getting what they want right now like like why 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 can't god just give me you know what i'm asking for what i'm praying for right now how would you encourage someone that's really wrestling with that as far as just struggling to surrender whether it's a, a particular person in their life a situation in their life how how have you surrendered an aspect of your life to
0: to god yeah we talked about our issue with waiting and how our culture is getting faster and faster. And if we have a want, not even a need, forget about the needs, if we have a want, we can get that want on our doorstep a few hours later, a day or two later. And that's just our environment now, we're used to that. And so it's a its a stark contrast To our relationship with God, where we are not in charge. He's in charge. We call him our savior. He saved us. He redeemed us. He totally forgave us, and he is Lord. Mm -hmm. He's in control. He's the one in charge. So I love what Tracy said at the uh, Easter in her Easter testimony when she was talking about Jesus with her son, Brady. Jesus is the boss. You know, you need to make him the boss of your life. We're we're missing. we sometimes we miss that when we get antsy and and think, why why am I not getting this? Well, that's because you're not God. Praise the Lord. Let Him be God, and trust Him. And and I would say go back to step one and, and start taking inventory of ways that God has come through. Maybe a coincidence that um, wasn't much of a coincidence. It was a total God moment and, and happenstance that he created and, and for you because mm-hmm. he, he loves you. He loves us, he loves mm-hmm. me. So it's tough mm-hmm. living in this culture <laughs> and then also acknowledging, all right, you are God in charge
1: yeah I, I had you know like my I guess my word of encouragement for somebody that would be struggling with that is would be to echo what I received when I was in college by a mentor um, was going through my parents divorce had uh, just transferred to a new college I didn't really have any friends um, and I was just struggling you know um, and, and it didn't come naturally it didn't come natural to me until it was painted black and white. But I was given the simple advice of like, that God is a big God. He's a big boy. So like when it comes to our prayer life and our heart, our doubts, our struggles, be honest, you know? He He knows the number of hairs on our heads. He knows our words before we say them. Like everything in front of him is foreknew. Like God knows it all. And so if he already knows it, why not vocalize it and be honest? Not in a disrespectful um you know, sacrilegious way. But there have been times where my prayer has been, God, like I know your word says that you're good. I yeah. know that your word says you have a plan for me. I know that your word says that you love me, but I don't feel that right now. Yeah. And life is hard and things are, are rough and I don't really get it. And there's freedom in that because God's goodness is that is in that because he does provide. He is the, the, the ultimate provider, healer of our lives. But there's freedom when we can communicate clearly that, mm-hmm. like, sometimes I don't fully feel the goodness of God. I believe 100% in my heart that He is fully good, but there's times and circumstances in life where that has not been felt, and I needed that reminder. And so that freedom, I would encourage that freedom to anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. just pray honestly, yeah. uh, pray openly, and, and communicate openly with community, um, with, with others around you. So That's
2: good. Yeah, and the Psalms are a great example of that because that's what we're reading and seeing David's heart just pouring that out, that raw emotion, Jose, like you mentioned uh, on Sunday. Uh, I'd add just, if anything, if anything um, go back to the inventory piece, Jose, you mentioned, both of y'all mentioned that, just looking back at God's faithfulness. I think two, one for me, just my pride makes me, my prideful tendencies make me me kind of think that my way is best. And so even just sometimes I've had to go before and just do an inventory of my way as far as comparing the two and like, okay, how did, how did that work out for me? Like I I wanted to do things my way or the world's way. So just in the same way that kind of looking at all of God's ways and and we can say out loud or we say at church, okay, God's way is best, but you know, we, we, we list it out. We're like, okay, he really did come through. But then even just listing out the ways of the world or the ways of my flesh and recognizing, yeah, that that's not going to work out. And usually just even that, taking a little bit of time to do that, whether mentally or actually writing it down, has helped me then kind of flip over and, and say, okay, God, I'll, I'll surrender this to you. I'll give this to you. So that's one that I would add. Jose, let me give you the final word as we cap off this message on waiting
0: and then look forward to the weeks ahead in the series. Yes, I um, appreciated this conversation was very awesome and I look forward to continuing to read through the Psalms and teach us not only how they um, remind us that God is there for us no matter how we feel, but also how they remind us of Jesus and his amazing grace and love and how he was full of truth as he walked, taught, and then ultimately um, gave his life up for us so that we can be in relationship with God. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.